1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
0: Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby-Lubitz. And we may as well begin with song here. Meet the Mets, meet the Mets. Come on out and greet the Mets. Bring the kiddies, Louie, bring the wife. Guaranteed to have the time of your life. Why? Because the Mets are really socking a ball, knocking those home runs over the wall. Everybody, east side, west side. Everybody's coming down. To meet the METS Mets of New York Town. That's right, opening day yesterday, Major League Baseball. A little bit delayed by uh, some labor strife and uh, some discord there. Players Union, what a surprise. Players Union owners not exactly on the same page. And we had uh, several games to open up the Major League Baseball season yesterday and many more on tap today. Joining us right now to uh, help us introduce the baseball season to our after hours uh, listeners is Craig Mish. And, of course, you're familiar with Craig from his contributions to the Major League Baseball Network's coverage of the game and has his own show on Sports Grid 12 to 1, talking about baseball, always been very insightful, and also gets involved, not afraid to be inclined to be a little bit of a degenerate and address the gambling angle on this thing. Craig Mish, welcome to the program. Good to have you on the show.
1: All right. Great to be with you guys. Happy opening day number two. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, any general impressions about, uh, well, well, let's uh, let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, the resolution of uh, whatever the labor disaccord was uh, came about and, and the season uh, is underway, uh, albeit a week late. They're, they're still going to play 162 games. Uh, what did you make of all of that? Because uh, it always strikes me odd that uh, you have a lockout and then nobody says a word for like 90 days and then they get the desperation time. And at the last minute, something doesn't work out. But then they finally find a way to resolve the issue and, and fortunately, salvage the entire season. But uh, what do you make of the whole proceedings uh, during the offseason leading into opening day?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it was a hard time for everyone. There was a lot of back and forth. You know, a lot of this had to do with basically, in the end, the players wanting owners to spend more money, the owners wanting to... Uh, essentially set a fake cap there in terms of a luxury tax. And so setting some some thresholds, which would be a deterrent. Uh, You know, obviously, Major League Baseball has much bigger ideas for advertising. You're seeing already the patches on the umpires last night in the game for uh, FTX. I believe it is, uh, you know, the uh, cryptocurrency. So, um, you know, Apple TV, Peacock, there's, there's a lot of big moves being made. And the players want a bigger piece of the pie. I believe they got it. They also wanted some incentive in terms of younger players being able to be compensated more based on performance, and teams getting compensated more based on rookie performances. And so we are entering what will be a historical year for Major League Baseball, DFO, because I, in in my lifetime, uh, there has never been a season where there have been more players that would be in the minors to start the year. And instead they're on big rosters. I've never seen anything like this before. So that's definitely a good sign.
0: Well, we always uh, would hear the stories uh, of some guy that was getting aced out. I, I guess the Marlins uh, were famous uh, for this practice uh, where uh, they hold a guy in the minors So they gain an extra year of control. And, and it did seem like, uh, it was something that, uh, the players union definitely should take issue with. uh, all right. Um, as you look at uh, things and uh, beginning of the season, and we're talking about Craig Mish here uh, of many affiliations, including the Major League Baseball Network. Um, as uh, you look at uh, the way that we're going into this, uh, it does seem like there's been a lot, a lot of change in, in the landscape of just the broadcasting aspect of this. And uh, I'm reading uh, a lot of. Uh, sort of negative commentary uh, being made and uh, aimed at Major League Baseball and Rob Manford and the whole principle of farming out a lot of these games to uh, various uh, other platforms, including Amazon streaming. Uh, Yankee games now are are also going to be a part of uh, some – a uh, website or streaming site that uh, a lot of people might have difficulty finding or, or don't necessarily get. Uh, what did you make of all of that? You mentioned it changing, in uh, you know, ways in Major League Baseball. But uh, the, these seem to be uh, substantial changes, the way the game is going to be viewed.
1: Yeah, well, I know, Deepo, you're an expert on, on downloading apps and streaming TV. So you obviously know. I still I have a mean, flip phone. I, mean, right I don't up know. Here. I'm catching nothing here. Yeah, I mean you could you can watch uh you know the games on your jitterbug phone. Exactly. This year. Uh, exactly. You know, the, yeah. the, the one with the the one the one with the big numbers. You hit a 1, you get the Yankees. You hit a 2, you get the Astros. You hit <laughs> both, you you know you get a cheating scandal. Um yes. Uh, listen, in in the end, in the end, major league baseball is trying to get more eyeballs outside of the United States on their game, And so by streaming it Uh, And and the two platforms, by the way, one is Apple TV and the other one is Peacock. So just to be clear on those, uh, you know, these are, uh, you know, Apple, we'll start with Apple. Apple, essentially, if you have an iPhone, you're getting that free. So, (laughs) you know, you're getting that for a year free just by buying any new phone. So in general, a lot of people have that already and the games are Friday night. Now, the one that's a little bit more controversial is clearly the games that are happening Sunday on the Peacock network. And so the best equivalent that I could give to you in terms of the viewership is sort of like when they when the NFL plays those games in London, you have to get up early in the morning, and yes, they're nationally televised, but it's a little bit of, you know, why, you know, why is this game being played there, and it's early, and I'm going to miss it, and they send the Jaguars there every time. So in this case, they're starting the games at 11.30 a.m. or at noon. And the where the discord is is that all of the Sunday afternoon games on the East Coast are moved to 1.40 Eastern as opposed to starting at 1 o'clock Eastern. So on the East Coast for those teams, yes, I mean, I understand from a family perspective, and I'm someone that likes to bring my family on Sundays. Of course, I would much rather have the game start at 1 than start at 1.40 Eastern on a Sunday when I know there's school the next day or camp or whatever the case may be. But it's in the end, so This is yes, it's a money-making effort, but I think it's more of a global effort. It's more of a effort to get off cable uh, networks that have held hostage a lot of some of these conflicts. And I think inevitably you'll see. I mean, look. I, I think all of these games in Major League Baseball are going to moved away eventually from uh, from local to streaming. It's just, it's just. I think that that's going to happen. But no conflict on Sunday morning. So none of the games can start while the Peacock games are on.
2: It's After hours with Defoe and Luby here on the Believe Network. We're talking with Craig Mish of the MLB Network. Miami Herald also does a show 12 to 1 on Sports Grid. Follow him, hit him up on Twitter. He's great. Comes to baseball, also does fantasy football at Craig Mish. One of the other big things we saw was the DH now is going to be in both leagues. For years we've talked with you. Defo and I have talked about it because as baseball quote-unquote, dies when it comes to national recognition. We're baseball fans, and we want people to care, but the game itself has sort of changed in a point where we all admit it. When we have baseball people on, they say, yeah, the baseball is in the game, I remember. Adding the DH, does this help the game? How does this help the game overall? Get back to something that has more action and less strikeouts, less home runs, and nothing else.
1: Yeah, I I think it helps the game, Luby, because I think that nobody wants to see pitchers bat. There's always that hole at the bottom of the lineup, and I think it affects two batters, really, when you think about it, because it affects the eight-hole batter, because essentially if there's any kind of threat in the game, and it's early in the game, Luby, you know, they pitch around that eight batter, so you get no action there. You get no swinging. You get essentially just the pitcher pitching around to get to a pitcher, uh, especially with two outs that that is eventually going to strike out. So I think that part of the game... Is definitely going to improve. It does feel like they've counteracted that a little bit. And that's what I'm going to find interesting this year because it will, you know, I, I don't know how much reporting has been done on this, but if I'm not mistaken, I think we're, we're up to about 75% of the parks in baseball using the humidor. So even with the DH being in play, I don't know that we're going to see the one differential change all that much from last year to this year. Now if you look at the games on opening day yesterday, without question, I mean following the totals obviously, I, I think did every game go under yesterday? I think every, I think pretty much they did. Oh, wow. So I mean I don't know if that's yeah, I don't know if that's gonna portend to the future or not. It's also cold in a lot of these places around the country, so yeah. I don't know if it's a factor or not. But they, they don't want the what the walk, the strikeout or the home run. They don't want that. They want action. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I I don't think that they want games, you know, 12 to 7 and 11 to 8 because those games will go on forever. So it feels like a humidor is sort of counteracting the DH a little bit.
0: Craig Mish, our guest on After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby-Lubitz here on the Believe Network. Uh, the Dodgers installed as the favorite to win the World Series. Uh, I believe you're getting 5-1 to one on the Dodgers if wow. you think they're going to win the championship this year. Uh, They have been, uh, since they've been spending big money, uh, somewhat of perennial contenders. Do you see the Dodgers? I mean, is this chalk worth writing with? Uh, Is this uh, chalk that you would write a check (laughs) and say, I'm going to back it? Uh, The Dodgers to win the World Series. How wide open is the race to win the championship this year, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I don't see many five to ones out there, to be honest with you. So I think it's a lot shorter than that. But oh, wow. I, I think that I was gonna say five to one's you know, five. I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I I haven't seen a five to one in a while. I've seen some threes and fours. But I, I I think that in terms of doing it, you have to you have to know that. Look, when, whenever you know, for me especially, whenever you're looking at a future set like that, my my goal is never to win that thing. It's always can I get to the hedge point? And I think with Dodgers, yeah. it's pretty obvious that you have a really good shot. The, uh, the big difference between, I think, this year and last year, especially, is in that division. If the Giants are able to even come close to repeating what they did last year, I would highly doubt the Giants and Dodgers are going to go head-to-head in that first round like they did last year. And I think that that kind of hurt the postseason a little bit. And I think that, you know, certainly it may have helped the Dodgers even get past them and then to the Braves, you know, just having to face them right away. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, they have to be the favorite, you know, on July 31st. I'm sorry, this year I think it's August 2nd. You know, on August 2nd. They're going to be adding to the pot. You know that no matter what. The only difference is for the Dodgers this year and for the Yankees and for the teams who are competing, Houston, you know, uh, Toronto, all the playoff teams, is there are uh, two extra playoff teams now. So given that that is the case, you're going to have probably, I would guess, a half a dozen teams that on August the 2nd are not going to punt their season and going to think that we can still get in this and get in one of those final postseason spots. So will that create a harder dynamic at the deadline for teams like that to add players? It still remains to be seen. But I, I think those odds are pretty strong in terms of at the very least getting to like the National League Championship Series. And then if you're smart about it, you can head your way through it, depending on what you do.
2: Greg, when it comes to the American League, uh, the, the team that people are looking at, much like the Dodgers National League, is the Blue Jays, which is funny. Since the early 90s, The Blue Jays try to keep up with the Yankees and the Red Sox, and I guess the Rays, and they spend, but it never seems to work when the season comes around. The expectations for the Blue Jays are insane this year. Like, people literally are pitting them against the Dodgers in the World Series, and I get it. The Yankees have pitching issues, and the Red Sox have had their own issues, and the Rays, no one ever wants to believe in because no one knows anyone on the roster, but the Blue Jays aren't better when it comes to history, yet... The steam you talk about steam is all on the Blue Jays. Where are you with the Blue Jays? Are you buying into the same steam that everyone is buying into with the Blue Jays?
1: I think they'll be very good. I think that they have a chance to win between ninety and ninety-five games. There's no question about that. They they've built their rotation. They uh, you know have one of the most formidable lineups in the American League too. But what's always funny about this, Luby, is that everyone just looks at the opening day team and thinks that, that that's what's going to exactly. be at the end of the season and for, and forgets that you know there could be injuries to every team. And the Blue Jays could be one of those. But for me, this is the same thing that it has been over the last two years, cheating or not. This thing goes through Houston. Mm-hmm. The Houston Astros, it does not matter who they have. It is, I, I mean, no one wants this. Talk positively about them. So let me do this. It doesn't matter who they lose. They call somebody up from the minors or sign someone internationally and, 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 and they just replace their players. I, I mean, how long is this window going to be for the Houston Astros? They lose George Springer. They lose Carlos Correa. They lose Zach Renke, And it's like it doesn't even yeah. matter. They just keep calling up these kids internationally. Their shortstop is going to be this kid, Jeremy Pena, who looks fantastic in the spring. I mean, this kid could be Correa. I mean, it is very possible. They have another outfielder and uh, another young player named Jose Suri. They have uh, four or five starters yet again. They don't have Garrett Cole anymore. Justin Verlander's missing the year, and it's like they don't miss a beat. So for me, it all runs through the Astros again. And and I don't know how long this window is. Ruby, I mean, do they lose Altuve and then replace him? And yeah. Do they lose Michael Brantley and then replace him? But it's, it's, it's a machine that they got yeah. going on in Houston right now, and I am not going to bet against that.
0: Did the Mets make enough changes, positive changes? Of course, uh, Scherzer was the uh, big splash that they got. Already, DeGrom on the injured list, and uh, I don't know. I mean, is he scheduled to come back somewhere in the midseason, if at no. all? Uh, so uh, that was a big blow. Uh, it does seem like they're operating uh, under a uh, curse of some sort. But did they do enough uh, in, in the offseason to uh, be legitimate contenders, in your opinion, Craig Mish, uh, in the NL East?
1: yeah they did enough, but I, I think that like curse isn't the word, but I mean, it does feel like blind betting anything under on the Mets. you you would have done very well to just yeah. close your eyes and do it the last the last ten years. and I, I see no reason to change that this year until something significant happens. And uh, you know, curse is probably a little bit strong, but uh, but look they've they've run through the different managers, they've run through different general managers, you know the owners. So good for him that he's freely spending and going above all these taxes. And on paper, they certainly have what you would think would be an extremely competitive team. But, you know, when they set these numbers in the 90s for their wins and things like that, it's just they just have yet to really prove that, that anything that they've done works. So maybe this will be the year that it does. And on paper, they stacked up extremely well against even the other teams in, in the division. But I would not pick them to win the NL East at the end of the year.
0: The uh, word amicable, uh, when associated with divorce, uh, obviously constitutes one of the uh, all-time oxymorons. Uh, And yet, uh, I'm looking at this Aaron Judge Yankees uh, contract uh, situation, and today would be the last day, according to Judge, that he's willing to negotiate a contract extension. Uh, I I don't know. It didn't seem like there was steam indicating that... That was somehow going to magically happen by uh, game time tonight. Uh, wh- what do you make of that? I mean, do, do you see Aaron Judge ever leaving the Yankees? He said that he wants to be a Yankee for life. The Yankees say they love the guy. And yet, uh, for some reason, they weren't able to work out whatever terms they needed to to uh, go ahead and announce this extension and, and give their fans uh, the surety that that Aaron Judge, uh, who, who is kind of the face of the franchise now, was going to be there for a long term.
1: Yeah, look, I, I don't have a good read on this because you know, clearly I'm not covering the team every day. That's one of those where you know it's a better question probably for the for the you know people who are closer to him and closer to the organization. But it is uh, it is a little bit dicey. There's no doubt, and I think the days that that we have had defo in the past of growing up watching sports, expecting you know those players to stay where where they played as good as they are are, are long gone. Like I, I mean. I mean, Freddie Freeman leaving Atlanta, right? Like, who had yeah. that one going into the into the offseason? Um, you know, it's really interesting because I, I talked about this on my, my show on Sports Grid. Um, you know, when Freeman left, was that I was like, I was trying to identify, Depot when this first happened, when the idea that our heroes were, oh, who we? you know, we're reading the names on the front of the jersey became, all that really was important because the back of the jersey is going to change. It really does feel like when LeBron left Cleveland, like that's mm-hmm. when it began where once that happened, you kind of felt like anything can happen, and he sort of set the benchmark. You know, Tom Brady leaving New England, like who would have ever thought that? So uh, to answer your question, I know that's the long answer. The short answer is would not shock me at all to see them just play out this season and Aaron Judge leaves. I mean, this is what sports is now.
0: Craig Mish with us here. Uh, Catch uh, Craig on uh, MLB Network. uh, Also his work in the Miami Herald, uh, which is uh, universally – Uh, distributed now uh, via the Internet to Sports Grid Radio from uh, 12 to 1 every day and uh, Swings and Mishes uh, podcast, uh, always outstanding. I've been primarily covering the Miami Marlins. I I know Luby is optimistic about the Marlins this year. We did not get involved in uh, any over-under campaign uh, proposition (laughs) after getting bludgeoned. And, uh, you know, one of the things that discourages you from making a bet again, and this probably shouldn't be the case, but, uh, you know, gutless wonder that I am, After being made to look like a clown last year by uh, rooting the uh, Marlins to hit the over, and and they were so substantially under that it was uh, almost uh, joke material from day one uh, to even assume that you would make a bet of this uh, outrageous, uh, ridiculous impossibility. Uh, What do you see for them uh, this year? The uh, Miami Marlins, Jeter's gone. And uh, I, I I don't know what the significance of that would be. You, you would be much uh, better equipped to address that than, than I would, although it did seem to me that there was a little bit of an awkwardness that had developed inside the organization that, that was kind of uh, being, uh, you know, I- impactful in their relationships uh, with uh, almost everybody or so it seemed. It was just – it seemed a little awkward there to me. Um, what do you think of what, what they've done and where they're at, and, and what was the significance of uh, Jeter leaving?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that this is the last time that, that we'll talk about this with uh, Derek leaving. And, you know, certainly it won't be the last time I guess that I'll be talking about this. But, um you know, I, I don't think it has any significance as far as the path that they set. I think they're just going to continue along the line that they went. And, uh, you know, this offseason after uh, Derek left and, and after this. You know Jacob Stallings trade and the Joey Wendell trade and the Avisel Garcia trade they still did sign Jorge Soler and regardless if it looks like a one year deal or not, which on paper it does because he can opt out, they guaranteed Jorge Soler $36 million so if Jorge Soler just decided to hit 220 with 8 home runs for the next 3 years, he's committed to make $36 million and that's the way that you have to look at it, regardless if he has an opt out or not. So the train it just keeps rolling to me, I don't think that there will be Any significance as far as that is concerned. The only definitive change here, Defoe, is that rather than uh, Derek having the final say on all decisions and Gary Denbo having the biggest impact on final decisions, there's no question that Kim Ng is the one that's making all the decisions in the organization as far as what to do on the baseball side. The business side would be a completely different story. So that's where the pressure this year is square on Kim Eng and all these moves that have been made and how the roster is constructed and how many games they win. Because I think that if the Marlins at least meet their expectations, meaning, uh, you know, most most of these places have it in the mid-70s, 76, 75, 77, or go above that default, I think that Kim Eng can rest assured that you know, she is going to be in charge of this baseball operations and she's going to be, you know, the one making the decision. I guess you have to ask yourself the question as they let go of uh, Derek or Derek quit, whatever ended up happening in that scenario. um, Will they bring someone else in to be Kim's boss? Or will Kim be the boss along with someone else that's brought in? That's an open position right now. And I I think the Marlins are going to wait this out and see how this season goes. And if the season goes great, I think that the ship just keeps on going out to sea. And I think that if the season is a failure, I would expect someone else to come in and at the very least, uh, you know, run baseball operations like a baseball czar, a Dave Dombrowski, um, you know, that kind of person. So I hope that answers the question. It's still to be determined.
0: All right. uh, The one guy that you want to watch this year. That uh, you think is really going to light it up in Major League Baseball, uh, Craig Mish. I mean, we saw Otani oh. uh, making history of sorts uh, last night. Uh, he gets a loss in a ball game and goes 0 for 4, but uh, five uh, innings of one run ball and uh, made history by being the first guy ever to throw the first pitch and receive the first pitch in a ball game in Major League history. Kind of an oddity there uh, with pitchers hitting and uh, him being in the lineup, in spite of the fact that you have uh, universal uh, DH action. Um, which, uh, well, he's in the American League anyway. He was always in the lineup. But um, who, are you, who are you looking at? I mean, is Mike Trout going to make uh, another big splash this year? Is he ready to do that? Uh, Acuna comes back, uh, I, I'm thinking, what, at the beginning of the season? Uh, who is it that you're uh, looking out for to uh, you know be the man in Major League Baseball?
1: Well, at the end of April and into May last year, it looked like we were getting the breakout season for Byron Buxton of the Minnesota Twins, the former first-round draft pick and Buxton has had some pretty unlucky things happen to him in terms of injuries. He plays extremely hard. He's had injuries hitting a wall. He's had injuries diving for balls. I don't think that he's going to ever change his game, but I do think that if Byron Buxton plays 140-plus games in 2022, he's going to probably be the American League MVP. I don't think that there's anyone more talented than him in all of baseball. His spring was the best of any player in baseball as well. And, you know, certainly to me, it does take some time, sometimes for prospects to come into their own. But the Twins made a major statement by paying him $100 million, I think, in a long-term extension in their belief in him, considering the guy has only played about a half a year every year for the past four years. So to me, um, you know, I like to take those big swings when it comes to these things. And Buxton, to me, is the most talented player in baseball. And if he plays a full season, I think you're looking at, Thirty home runs, thirty stolen bases, Gold Glove center fielder, and and someone will be talking about in in a lot of ways as an MVP candidate.
0: We're underway, uh, Craig Mish. Always a pleasure, my friend. I uh, hope to talk to you uh, frequently here on After Hours and our Ion Channel show throughout the baseball season. Always great expertise and analysis. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today on After Hours.
1: You got it, guys. Have a great day.
2: Thanks for having me. All right, enjoy. Saturday. All right, thanks Monday. a lot, thanks.
0: Craig Mish. Very knowledgeable guy. Always very opinionated. Uh, does get into the gambling angle. Uh, I always appreciate that, as uh, he made uh, many references and uh, equations to uh, over/under totals for the season as being a barometer for success. We we were all in on those uh, Marlins over campaigns. We went uh, one we for what three, three or four.
2: One for th- th- we three, did it yeah, three but, uh, years and we hit it one. So it was we hit it, it one. one yeah. So one and two, I guess, out of three.
0: And the only year we hit it was in that bizarre COVID season (laughs) where you would have thought uh, that was the most likely season for the Marlins to be completely buried since they lost their entire team uh, the first weekend of the season. And they all had to stay in Philadelphia until the All-Star game.
1: Yep,
0: And and somehow uh, they ended up winning, uh, I I think the total was 25, and they ended up winning 30 games uh, that year. Or at thirty one, what what they do? They went uh, one game 32. over five hundred. I think they I
2: think they won thirty two games, and they were yeah. The over under was like twenty five, and I think oh, we breezed,
0: uh, we breezed to the finish line on that one. That was great. But then uh, last year we did. Uh, it was clown like. Uh, what what they did to us in terms of the embarrassment factor. <laughs> yeah. And you know when people are coming up to you every day because you you've been on the air and saying oh yeah well we got this bet going and they're like well you're out of your mind. <laughs> this is never happening, DeForest. And uh, you, you were more reluctant to embrace uh, the idea right, that they I, were going to hit the yep, over. But, yep. uh, you know, I had uh, much more of a monetary stake in it than you did, <laughs> which was unfortunate because uh, you may as well have put just a stake Honestly, in my heart. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hey, Dracula, get over here, man. All right. Uh, that's going to do it uh, for this week on After Hours. A lot of fun. Baseball yes, season sir. underway. Uh, still, you have Tiger going in the Masters. I'm sure we'll be talking about that. On uh, Monday's edition of After Hours, check out our other work on ION Channel, and you can Google The Defo Show. That's D-E-F-O. Luby and I do two hours every morning of live stuff on the East Coast, and it's on uh, Eastern Standard Time, but uh, you can uh, see the entire archive of programs just by uh, Googling The Defo Show. Hope you'll become a fan of that, as you have of our podcast here on Believe Networks. Uh, For Mike Luby, Luby, Lubits, I'm Jeff DeForest. Great being with you all week long. Have a tremendous weekend, everybody, and we'll see you on Monday as we leave you with the Thought that no matter what's happening in your life, you gotta believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question: What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients—no <laughs> pun meant there It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight?
2: Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side?
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com,
1: or just stop by. Granger.